We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts, and it is 10.33 p.m. on Sunday night, uh, just, I mean, 10, 15, 20 minutes, something like that after the news is broken that Ryan Saunders has been um, dismissed as the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Britt Robson of The Athletics, kind enough to to jump on with me here and to, to give... I, what is, I don't, we, we can't describe it as anything other than an instant reaction. Obviously, both Brit in written form and me in podcast form will have more on this um, in, in coming days, but, but this feels like something, Brit, that we have to instantly react to, so I'll give you the floor first. Well, first of all, it's not a surprise. If there's a surprise, it's that there was no warning or, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, I I think that the question was whether or not Ryan would last the season or not. I don't think uh, you, you would have gotten really long odds on the idea that he was going to be the head coach uh, of the 21, 22 season. So really long, really long. So the situation is, why now? Um, and, you know, that's something we can get into. But I would say that, uh, so let me organize my thoughts this way. I will say that I am surprised it happened tonight, but I am not surprised that it happened. Um, I would have guessed sometime around the trading deadline, quite frankly. Uh, I would have guessed that they would have had a little more time together with Cat back. Uh it does not necessarily surprise me that they did not want to wait. When I say they, I assume I'm meaning mostly Gerson Rosas, the president of basketball operations, although I would imagine he ran it by Glenn Taylor. Um, I mean, Brett, this has been in the works for for days pretty clearly. I mean, the, the reporting, and I think we all trust Shams as much as anyone, that I mean, there's already a multi-year contract in place for Chris Finch. Oh, there is. Okay, see, I don't. <laughs> well, we're I yeah, we're we're literally yeah. So this could be some of that, okay. probably for both of us. Okay. Where where we're we're picking up things as we go, but but Chris Finch is is the new head coach, and he's on a multi-year contract. Chris Finch was also interviewed for the head coaching job back right when Gerson was hired. So there is, you know, to to say there isn't. Um, there isn't some sort of backlog here, right? Most people dating back two years. Most people predicted that if um, 
Rosas had time to hire somebody, that it would be Chris Finch. Uh, it is kind of remarkable. He's a currently a lead <laughs> yeah. assistant, head assistant coach with another team, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he's the he's the lead assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors. Um, that is a new position for him this year. He was Orleans, the lead assistant, right? yes, uh, in New Orleans last year with Alvin Gentry. That whole coaching staff obviously overturned when Stan Van Gundy took over. And you know, previously, previously, oh my God, previously, <laughs> the the background in which Chris Finch and Gerson Rosas know each other is through Houston. Chris Finch was at one time the head coach of the Rio Grande Valley. Um, Vipers, yes. in which Gerson Rosas was General the GM of that team. Right. So those guys go way back. That was, you know, that that real Grand Valley team was was the team that that started right the the crazy everything we saw the Rockets become in terms of favoring the you know the three point shot. Uh, Gerson was there for, and Chris Finch was there for a good chunk of that time as well. So. So they, they, they certainly have a, a track record together. But but to your point, what you brought up is is that, and why I think both of us kind of thought this would come at a later date, is because he was under contract with another team. And and we thought that if he was going to be the next guy, have to wait. That, that would happen. Yeah, you'd have to wait. And that, you know, Saunders would either finish the season or that an interim head coach from the staff would be named. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to be, you know, cocking their heads at is why is David Vanterpool not the interim head coach? I just saw on Twitter, Damian Lillard is sounding off about it, <laughs> that he obviously loves TV. Um, but that is, I mean, that is a going to be a surprise to many who kind of thought that Vanterpool was, was the coach in waiting. What I've tried to been asserting the whole time is I thought, Chris Finch was going to be the next head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves if and when this happened to Ryan. Yeah, I've heard some other people say that too. And um, I guess it, it comes back to the Wolves recently had two games with Toronto very, very, you know, quickly. So, right. so the organizations were in proximity um, twice in the last two weeks or the last 10 days. Yeah, well, the last Raptors game was, was – wasn't that on – that was on Friday night, right? Yeah. And the one so before that Sunday. was like five days earlier or something, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so in the last 10 days. So I would imagine that's when things probably, um, you know, uh, were Accelerated. hammered out or whatever. Um, so, you know, then – so then, you know, I guess you have to wonder. Um, I, I guess – what I would have to say is that if the decision was made two weeks ago or maybe Delo injury ago, let's say that. Um, sure. Um, Cause that's a, that's a, there was always a point where you, where the read Ryan could stand on is he never had a chance to get the two guys that Gerson Rosas believes can make this a winning franchise. And Glenn had extended that read himself too, Glenn Taylor, which made that seem a little bit more firm um, that that's what Ryan was standing on. Right. So once Delo's injury happened, um, that four to six week period apparently is too long of a wait for Gerson Rosas. And see, I always looked at this from the point of view, and I've said this many times, um, general managers, pobos, whatever you want to call them, personnel people, fire the coach as the first scapegoat. It buys them a little time at the same time acknowledges that the heat is on. It removes a shield that has been in front of the general manager, or in this case, Rosas, the president of the basketball operations. So that is now gone. Um, and by going with Finch over Vanterpool, that to some extent is a, the burning of another bridge of, you know, in some way, shape or form. When I did my interesting. Yeah, no, that's true. When, I didn't even, when I had, had even gone there. When I did my story on Vanterpool, he, he waxed eloquent about how much the organization was doing, preparing him to become a head coach doing uh, kind of like faux head coaching interviews and preparing his uh, presentation in terms and, and getting him ready to think about ways and also including him, 
in a lot of the things that Ryan does. So he would get an idea as to exactly what's going on. None of these things he had in Portland. So, um, and we should say that, Ebby, you of all the media people know David Vanterpool better than the rest of us do. And that's just kind of the nature of, I mean, the media where we don't get to talk to the assistant head coaches often. And you're the only person who's written a story yeah, I had to, on I had David to Vanterpool. Jump through the hoops and go through the thickets to get that. <laughs> but yes, I, I uh, was able. And, you know, and I, I found him to be very charming. And I think the, the piece was mostly positive because it reflected my positive feelings about it. Um, and uh, it's really damning with faint praise, but if you look at this Wolves roster and you say for the past two years, their defense has outperformed their offense, um, you know, <laughs> that's hardly a ringing endorsement when that defense is still bottom third in the NBA. But it is interesting to see that. Uh, uh, it's... It, I think Vanderpool will have no choice but to feel uh, a bum. I'm not sure Vanderpool's going to be there on Tuesday, man. You think Vanderpool's going to coach the game on Tuesday? Uh, I think it's, it's certainly possible, yes. He's still under contract. Yeah, I mean, the same thing happened when Tibbs was fired, though, and Andy Greer was out with him, too. I mean, the, all those guys left. And Ryan basically, you know, he brought in – I mean, it was kind of guys were elevated, and then guys started – and some kind of coming in as the season went on. And some were holdovers. True. And so, mm -hmm. again, um, I, 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 it, it, it definitely remains to be seen. Put it this way, uh, there, there is a game uh, in, you know, 36 hours or what is it? Uh, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Somebody's got to be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to take a step back, though, for a minute, uh, because, first of all, um, the, the whole news about Finch, I'm really glad you apprised me of. I, I basically just saw a, a few Twitter reports, my colleague John Krasinski's uh, tweet about uh, Ryan leaving, and then shortly thereafter said, you want to do an instant reaction pod? And I said, sure, after I banged off a couple of tweets of my own. But essentially... I want to first say, you know, on the way out the door that uh, I don't think Ryan Saunders was a very good coach. I think the record reflects that. Um, but that's not the relevant story anymore because he's no longer the coach. Uh, what he is, I think, is a, a guy who uh, will be well regarded and always have a job in this in the NBA because uh, he is a. Uh, a good soldier when it comes to being on a coaching staff. He knows the game. Um, he is in the fraternity. He's, you know, nepotism is a big part of the NBA in general. Uh, Rick Adelman's kid, you know, the all, it, it just, it, you go down the list. There's almost everybody who's got a, a position of authority uh, in basketball has got tentacles out and they're connected to somebody. You know, and so that that's just the way it's, it's a family. It's a brotherhood. And Ryan is in that firmament. And so I. Well, and, and Brett, I want to assert, too, that he was he was offered the the head assistant job to Fisdale in in Memphis when Memphis took that job, which is, you know, which is years before all of this happened. And I always I always kind of use that as a point of reference to say when people would really play the nepotism card and say, oh, he's not remotely deserving of a, of a high coaching spot. Well, there's no nepotism. There was no nepotism between Ryan Saunders and, and David Fisdale. Right. You know, it was he, to, to your point, he is respected within the firmament. And, and now, you know, maybe there's been some sort of referendum given he had a 43 and 94 record here as the coach of the Timberwolves and all this and that. But I think, I think you're right. And particularly the good soldier point. Right. I, I mean, well, they, they, I, I just don't think he was ready to be a head coach. There are different roles on a coaching staff. And one of the roles is the guy who works with the players day by day, listens to their concerns, um, lets them work out the mental and emotional kinks, as well as the physical things that are, you know, the hitch in their shot or, you know, something, getting them over the hill or something. And Ryan is really good at that. Um, I, I think that, right. Uh, the, the record speaks for itself. Um, as always with the Wolves, there's plenty of blame to go around, but he, he gets some of it. 
And so uh, I would agree with that. I do want to say, though, I, you know, um, what I said in my tweet was that I think he has a rare depth of dignity among human beings. And, you know, Ryan, 100 percent. And so, um, you know, and at the end of the day, uh, basketball fans who are only concerned about basketball don't really care about that, you know, to the extent that it doesn't affect their lives watching the Timberwolves. But I will say that people within the game who interact with him and we in the media who interact with him um, and you've acknowledged right up front that uh, it it has no choice but to bias you in favor of pulling for the guy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging that and knowing that bias is there and knowing how he earned that, you know, um, and to some extent he earned that with me too. Um, but uh, I am not saying that Ryan Saunders shouldn't have been fired. Uh, that's not the point. It's a moot point for one thing. And uh, any more than uh, uh, when people said that uh, you should say that Ryan should be fired when he still had the job, I, I, that's, that's not, you know, playing with people's lives is really not some, you know, in terms of uh, coaching tenures and all that other stuff at Pearson's job is not something I necessarily want to do in that respect. Um, but what I will say is um, that he is a first-class human being who will land on his feet within the NBA if he so chooses, and that the Timberwolves uh, at the same time probably made the right decision. The timing of the decision can be debated whether or not Ryan was going to be the coach that led them to a sustainable winning uh, team, I think was very much in doubt to the point where I would say that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I, I I would echo a lot of that and, and would say that I've had similar uh, but different experiences than you. And um, I've shared this on, on the podcast before. Uh, it was actually after that Orlando game where I thought that Ryan might be let go then after that, that Cole Anthony shot. And I was just, you know, sitting here and the heat was really turning up on Ryan and and I just kind of wanted to, you know, to get it out there if for if and when it ever happens that, yeah, that I or we do have biases in, in the media. And I, I would like to say for me that I can be objective and have be objective. I mean, I think uh, last game, for example, I ripped apart the <laughs> the going for a two for one and everything that transpired at the end of that Raptors right. game. And, and I think that's, I think that's just my job, but I think it's also being a human, you and I to, um, to acknowledge that it's funny in our jobs, we don't have many coworkers. Right. And, and honestly, one of the people we most closely work with over the past three years has been Ryan Saunders. And, and, and to that end, Ryan's been a great coworker for me and, um, Friend isn't the right word because it doesn't no, it doesn't work like no, that. No, neither way. It it would not it, it do anybody any good to be friends. And and that's why I say that to you know to clarify. Right. Um, but but you know I mean in, in similar ways to ways that you've been good to me or John or other guys on the beat have been you know good to me. I'm pretty new to this, you know, and um, and it's felt good to be respected by people that I respect and, and Ryan Saunders treated me that way too. And when I sit here and I think about Ryan Saunders getting fired, um, I think about of what was about six, eight months ago when I lost my job mm. and, um, and I'm, you know, it's a middle of a pandemic and I'm sitting in my little one bedroom apartment and I'm like, why the hell did I get into sports journalism? <laughs> this was a questionable life pivot. Um, I got a call from Ryan Saunders and I literally hadn't even, I hadn't even called my mom or dad or anyone yet. Like it, I just found out, I don't know how the hell he found out actually. Uh -huh. Like, uh, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just not going to forget, like, I'm not going to forget that. That was, um, that meant a lot to me and it was, uh, 
you know, it was a, a 45 minute conversation. And I remember talking to him at the time, you know, and him saying, I was like, yeah, man, you know, it's gonna be funny. Like we're gonna run into each other sometime, you know, 20, 25 years down the road at summer league or whatever. And we're gonna talk about when I was 30 and you were 33 and it was my first year on the Timberwolves beat and you were the brand new head coach and all this and that. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I still plan on being the head coach of the Timberwolves <laughs> 20 years from now, Dade. And I was like, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Uh, but, you know, I, yeah, I mean, he was – I don't think if I stay in this industry that I will um, have a dynamic like that with a coach because he's pretty much my age. I grew up in Hopkins. He grew up in Wyzetta. We have very obviously very different lives. His father's Flip Saunders. Right. <laughs> Mine isn't. But um, it's always been a really interesting thing for me to just kind of think about when I'm just kind of sitting at games. And I'm like, yeah, that dude went to the high school next to me. And um, it's, it's a bizarre thing. And I, I just, um, you know, as a person, I, I feel for him. And I think if you lose this job that your father had, um, a dream job, Again, just as a human, that's kind of sad. Uh -huh. You know, that's a right. kind of sad failure. And that's why he and turned I'm down the Memphis job. You would think. Um, so I'm with you. I think Ryan's going to land on his feet. Um, one, because he's respected in the firmament. But two, because that dude's a, a worker. Mm -hmm. Like, and, um, and, will be, and will be a good soldier for someone else. And uh, I know he, he, he maybe overstayed his welcome. Uh, with the fan base and the eyes of the fan base just because they got so frustrated, you know, this year. But uh, I guess all that I would say to people listening to this is that you know, Ryan's a good dude, and um, I'm just I'm grateful for the way that he treated me, some random guy with a podcast, you know, with, with a lot of respect. Right, right. Well, good. Um, I, I did want to get, you know, that side of things before we get too far ahead of ourselves yeah. in terms of the next moves, because I do think that um, the way things work, we're not going to be talking about Ryan Saunders anymore, unless it's going to be about something he did that, you know, right. uh, you know, um, that's the way this business works um, until he gets a job somewhere else, you know, um, it just doesn't happen, you know, unless he comes to town. Mm -hmm. I hadn't talked about Tibbs until, you know, the last 20, 24 <laughs> yeah, right. hours. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, that's, Can... the, that's the way it works in this business. I mean, and, and I will say, you know, um, that I don't think Ryan Saunders uh, was a good coach for this team. Uh, but I've seen uh, uh, – <laughs> The Timberwolves seen, have not. You've seen uh, some. <laughs> well, I mean, Jimmy Rogers, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, Man, you say Jimmy Rogers every time. I literally, you could put a lineup of people out there and say, one of these five is Jimmy Rogers, and I would not get it. Right, I'm, right. I'm the five. Well, you know, and and he was, he was actually, if you watch a lot of the uh, Celtics uh, winning championships, in the late '80s and early '90s, he was the first lieutenant. He was the guy. He was oh, he was okay. the tall, thin guy with the silver hair. Uh, <laughs> that was Jimmy Rogers. That's why he got the job. He was a great lieutenant, lousy captain. Uh, but anyway, Jimmy Rogers, uh, Sidney Lowe, um, Kurt Rambis, Randy Whitman. I mean, uh, three of those guys had winning percentages under 250. You know. Okay, here's my here's my question though. Like, at what point when we're looking at the worst win loss records of all time, and it says Kurt Rambis's name next to it, and now Ryan Saunders's name is gonna be next to it, under thirty percent, whatever. All these guys, Cindy Lowe. Right. I mean, I'm not saying any of those guys were good coaches, or maybe not Ryan either, but we got to attribute a hell of a lot of the, to those numbers to being the fact that they were coaching the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is a franchise that keeps doing this, that keeps missing on the margins so much that they can't make anyone work. Like, what? I guess, I pivot to this, what's your confidence in the idea that they're going to make the next guy work? Chris Finch. Well, I never... Uh... That's not the attitude I ever take, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, mean, I, 
I always say, okay, <laughs> next up is Chris Fitch, you know, and he's working with Gerson Rosas. It's a new combination. I have no idea what's going to happen. I, you know, yeah. he may be brilliant. Um, my opinion of Gerson Rosas two months ago was a lot better than it is now. I mean, things change. I have no idea. Uh, the great mm -hmm. thing is you, you're open to whatever is next. You know, this is another sharp pivot. Uh, but, you know, I remember the first time I met Flip Saunders. Um, it was the day after Bill Blair got fired and he came down and met with the media. Uh, and all of a sudden he was the head coach and he was originally the general manager and, and Kevin McHale had put his friend in charge. That was what everybody thought, you know? And mm -hmm. so, uh, and I remember, you know, that first interview with him and talking to him and, and how much he wanted to stay. And, you know, I asked him two questions when most of the media, you know, had gotten their daily beat story. And he was interested in answering those questions. And I, I've written this before, but he's probably taught me more about the game than, than any single person. Um, and so that, you know, it, it is, uh, and he was just somebody who loved to talk about basketball. And I was, let me see, this would have been like uh, uh, 93 or 94 or something. So 94, right, 94. I think. 94, yeah. so uh, I was uh, 40, 41. So, you know. Uh, and he probably was too. Yeah, he was right around there. Yeah, in fact, I think I'm two years older than him or something. So. Yeah, it's kind of like me and Ryan. Exactly, exactly. Um, just cause I don't want to keep you here for too long. Okay. Let's, let's take a quick break. And then I want to talk about, yeah, you know, yeah. the next steps. Sure. What's up everybody. Hey. We have something to tell you about here at blue wire. And that is that we love sports betting and whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started, we want to let you know, uh, great resources for sports bettors, And that's the action network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Pro, Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see money and bet percentages on every game. You can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. You can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code MORE50, M-O-O-R-E-5-0. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code MORE50 to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. Britt, obviously we're going to have um, you know, time to put our brains together on, on more of this, but this is a, a, an extreme pivot for the franchise, and it will, it will define um, the end of or the extension of the Carl Anthony Towns era in in Minnesota. And and tonight, um, which at the time seemed out of nowhere, he he made a pretty bold statement um, after Jace asked him about how he felt played in the fourth quarter. Cat started talking about his legacy, which was seemed a bit bizarre, but but Cat said this. If you want to build a legacy, we got to win. I want to build my legacy here. I want to win with the Wolves, and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to step-by-step, brick-by-brick, build something. That sounds like somebody who knew something was in the works. And, and was proclaiming his loyalty to the organization in case anybody thought it was a choice between an organization and an individual. He was saying, exactly. I'm with the organization. But it's also he after the last game, which was on Friday. Well, when when I asked him about, no, I did. I mean, that makes he put a pretty sense. hard stamp. That makes total stamp sense on the that. Ryan because he still yeah. thought he had a shot at rescue. Okay, once, yeah, that's a good once point. the shot at rescue was not there anymore, he had to make a choice. Right. 
But I, it yeah, may which, have been up in the air at that point, and he may have. Yeah, decided. he wouldn't have. You're right. You're right. There's no way Cat knew that Ryan was getting fired on Friday night because what I asked him was, "Is this the most locked in you've ever been on defense?" Another whatever block question, and he said. The reason I am is because I've had continuity in my coaching staff and system exactly. for the past two seasons, right. which is a full-throated endorsement of Ryan. And he and, probably knew something yeah. was in the works. I mean, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to spring it on him. I think they were going to basically say, this is what we're considering, or what do you think? Do you think if you're Cathol, you say that if you know a coaching – Exchange is in the works. Well, I mean, you don't know it's in the works. Maybe you're trying to stop it. I mean, mm. first of all, we don't know. But I do think that if you read the tea leaves. We know an incredibly little about right now at 11 well, p.m. I mean, on Sunday if, But if, if you read the tea leaves, a guy coming out and proclaiming um, that he wants the continuity of the coaching staff at a time when the coach head coach has been in battle for weeks and – now apparently was already moves were being made to replace him. He was trying to mm -hmm. perform a rescue operation. If I read this right, I mean I don't know if that's true, right. but that would be my best guess at it. And then what? It's it's an interesting sequence of quotes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it, incredibly. Otherwise, it's amazingly coincidental that uh, he right. would choose to invoke that then and choose to say what he said tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's somebody who who fought the good fight to keep Ryan, lost that fight, and said, "Okay, well, I'll stay and fight other battles within this terrain." I, I'm fascinated to see how Chris Finch determines to use Cat offensively, because you and I have gone back and forth on this. I think maybe a pot or two when we were doing it, we're like, "Well, is it the like the best option to be running him kind of in that high quad area as in that five out sort of offense and just letting him quarterback from there? Or does it still make sense to, you know, to kind of post him up or have some of those elbow touch isolations? It's, it's been this in the Ryan time, it's been this weird back and forth between those two things. And if anything, I think if you, if we're, if we are making some bullet points of things that went well, from a coaching standpoint under under the Ryan time was that last year in those first 37 games before Cat got hurt, it looked really smart to put Cat at the top of the key there and let him shoot eight or nine threes a game. From a numbers standpoint, it was as good as, you know, as Cat has ever been. That's what I, now, that's what I, I would endorse that, that strategy, yes. And Chris Finch is an offensive guy. That is his, that is his label. He is... That's his background. He's the Pablo Prigioni of the of the Pelicans or the, the Raptors. That's his cachet. So I'm fascinated to see that because that will be that will be defining in in what well cat the, becomes. The question I asked Ryan tonight, um, and I think is the most important question right now, you know, other than things like why can't they win close games, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean in terms of uh schematically if you have an incredible offensive force like cat you have a great shooter like beasley and a burgeoning volume scorer like ant all on the court at the same time what do you run to maximize the three of them it is very obvious thus far that they could not be maximized they would, 100%. you know, that's why Beasley began to get more time with the second unit, I think, to just figure out a way to give him and Ryan saying, you know, well, I think that, you know, I've got to, I've got to pay more attention to getting Beasley touches and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And we hadn't even talked about Edwards, you know, which by the way, you know, a lot of the fan base wants him to become the point guard, which would last about as long as people wanted Andrew Wiggins and Jared Culver to be the point guard last year. I mean, where do you get a look at it, folks? You know, it's going to be, <laughs> you know, I can see him. Right. I can see him matching up with real point guards and trying to do that uh, cool crossover low dribble that he likes. Um, that almost never goes anywhere toward the basket. Well, well, that Brit. That's what I, now I'm just just kind of like smacking me in the face. Like the bullshit's over. Like the stuff that. The, the trying to square peg round hole all the all the 
a Kogi shooting threes above the break, all the everything, the every all the wishful thinking of be everything like Finch isn't going to do that anymore. This isn't going to be right. I mean, am I wrong in assuming that they're going to actually start trying now? And <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I'm serious that all that stuff is there's been so many things over the course of time that have been wishful. That's the word I would do. There, there are these coaching strategies that are wishful. It's not bad to have your shooting guard shoot threes. It's bad if your shooting guard is Josh Okoki. Right. It's, not, it's not bad to have your power forward guard Pascal Siakam. It's bad if your power forward is Juancho Ornan Gomez. There's all these sort of things that were wishful. And I don't think I don't think a coach who's coming in and has the primary goal to be winning will will do that. Now, I guess that's the question of is this team out of tank mode now? I think a greater question is who signed Wancho? Who who <laughs> put Okogi, you know, where he is? Um, you have to understand that um, it, it's entirely possible that Wancho's minutes go up at the expense of Jaden McDaniels. Mm. I am. Where do, I am, where do you think this is? I am being wishful in my thinking that they are going to start being less dogmatic. Where do you and, Where do you think that the uh, conflicts between Ryan and Gerson happen? Let's Let's take it from that angle. That's a Wancho being on the bench, <laughs> and perhaps Jaden McDaniels, you know, getting crunch time minutes guarding fours or whatever, or I don't know. I mean. Maybe Rosas regarded it as too fast a development. Maybe he's used to bringing people along and knows how he wants to bring McDaniel along. I don't know. It would make I don't know either, but those two were definitely bumping heads. And it certainly would make sense to me that if I'm Ryan Sarnders and I want to keep my goddamn job, that I would play Jade McDaniels in crunch time come hell or high water. And so the fact that there were times when he didn't do that, you know, I don't know. It's, I guess, this is all, again, kind of moot speculation. We'll see. But my only pushback on you is that we don't know there is a joint agenda here. You know, it, Chris Finch is a Gerson Rosas guy and vice versa. He's Rosas's guy. So what we will see I would imagine is a more consonant and competent utilization of Rosas's vision. And because Finch, I would imagine, even though he's never been an NBA head coach, um, will be coming in with more gravitas than Ryan did in terms of X's and O's type things and that kind of stuff, I think. And I think that we will see what the hammered out collective vision is there and whether or not Chris Finch is going to be straight enough with us to say when he it's his, what's his thing, you know? My, my guess is that he's going to try to win as much as possible because that is... I think that's Rosas's view too because let's face it. Ro- yeah. I mean, Rosas is also thinking, okay, from... Zero to 40 is big, but from 13 to 40, yes, you know. And it's, uh, right, in terms of odds. And, and it wouldn't even – it could be less than that. Right. I mean, what, what I've said all along was I think there have been – there is a switch that they have been flipping on and off in terms of prioritizing winning to the fullest extent versus, you know, we'll turn the light off for a little while here and, like, you know, let things play out. And, and I think I think they've done that. And we, what we all assumed was that, okay, once Delo's back and Cat's back, it's obviously like full bore ahead. Like, let's try and, let's try and create an identity. Let's try and win some games. And that is and, going to be, I mean, we both agree that Delo and Cat remain, that that thing has to be worked out and, and implemented to see if it doesn't work, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm with you. I'm, I mean, I'm skeptical of it, but well, I'm, yeah, I'm extremely skeptical <laughs> of it. But uh, I do think that that's going to be Chris Finch's first big, uh, you know, 
shoulder to the Sisyphusian wheel. You know, I mean, he's basically going to have to roll that sucker up the hill. I have more faith in Chris Finch making that work than Ryan, though. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. But uh, just on pedigree. Yeah. Uh, um, but here again, you know, we, I just got, Dude, I, I can't believe Ryan only coached the team or he coached the team and he coached five games of Cat and Dilo together. I mean, I know we say that all the time. That is insane. That is just insane. I can't. 115 minutes. So in other words, it's, by, uh, and, and you, if you throw Ant into the mix, it's like 23. If you put Ant in there too, yeah. who are there? Yeah, but I mean, three I mean and take the Tibbs matrix of let's say 38 minutes. That's only three games. <laughs> I mean, we gotta like, we also gotta point this out. Kind of dirty to do Ryan like that after a loss to Tibbs. I don't know. I think you know. I don't think they're as much at odds as people think they are. I think that. Um, no, it's but it's the framing. I mean, look, I don't know. I, I Tim's didn't fuck, cover himself know. in glory tonight, so you know, let's. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's true. That I just like think a pretty that's... bad team too. They were wanting to, hit, you know, it was two teams that yeah. wanted to give the game away. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it might just be a Glenn thing. He might just do his firings before Mondays, because because remember, yeah, Tibbs was fired on a Sunday afternoon yeah. too. That might just be might be a Glenn thing. Well. Anyway, the point being, I think that the, the two takeaways that I have from this is that Rosas now has to be, he is more exposed. Um, mm-hmm. This is now, um, there was always some doubts. There was always the, the, the whispers that, the country club had one last tentacle and they were putting everything on it. And there was still a lot of people, a lot of people whose opinion I respect who still thought that, um, the Ryan hire was mandated, um, that, uh, all the interviews were a dog and pony show and that, uh, and that, you know, one, I think Gerson saw opportunity in that mm-hmm. Brit. Where it goes, okay, it's it's somewhat mandated. Well, Ryan's a good soldier. We're planning on being bad for the next two years. Having an inexperienced head coach that is a good soldier will help us lose games. Okay, exactly. I think that was in the cocktail. Right, so if, if that's true, then that tentacle to, you know, uh, yeah, you can have this job, but do me a favor, will you? You know, and so uh, that favor has been paid now apparently and it's gone and so now this is this is yeah that doesn't make me feel very good if that's the case and well and and here's the other part of it is is that that is also on gerson right or wrong i mean he may have made that calculation but that's part of his legacy now i mean it isn't just ryan who's 40 and 90. gerson (laughs) is 40 and 90. facts (laughs) yeah i mean and, I think it's easier. Yeah, and now <laughs> it's Gerson without that first shield. Chris Finch mm-hmm. is it, nope. you know. Which excites me as somebody who wants to cover the team and like, and we've been well, that is digging through this it. forever. I mean, it Change is almost like, always a good thing when it comes to the Timberwolves because we've gotten used to the status <laughs> quo. Exactly. I mean, I, I think, yeah. And I think, you know what, for the fan base too, man, like, this has been, I mean, this has been grading on, because the fans, you know, here, like if they're following, like they're following the team yeah. and, and it's, I think it's good for, for them to have something to just to know it's a new chapter, right? Like, I think that's what this team, but this fan base has started itching for was just like, what are we doing here with Ryan? You know, like even those who, you know, got it or get some of it's like okay yeah like yeah the, some of these players are younger they're not executing but still like we got to get on with the get on and and i'm and i was slow to move to the whole like it's time to move on from ryan but like it's time to move on from ryan and and with that i'm excited to watch like a team that's ready to compete and i'm curious like i said i'm curious to see what it looks like with cat and i'm curious curious to see how like all in they are on winning 
and what kind of dance happens now there's all kinds of new relationships coming i know for us too and well yeah well that's true <laughs> but that's okay too you know i mean that's uh yeah in fact i want to mention this there, there are people who talk about access you know and what we will do for access i won't do jack shit for access access and go fuck itself you know i mean if access is going to prevent me from saying what i think then I don't need access. That's the way I've always felt. So, I mean, for the people who think that, uh, and I would imagine that's true of you too. I mean, it, I don't, yes. uh, you know, there is absolutely nothing I say or do that has anything to do with whether or not I get to talk to the head coach or not, or talk to the Pobo or not, or, you know, whatever. I haven't even set foot in Target Center this year because of the pandemic. And it bothers me because I don't get to see the game 360 like I used to. It's now in a television screen, even my big ass 65 inch television. Um, it's not the same. And so, but the point being that um, you can't be in the position we're in. We're outsiders by nature. Anyway, at least I know I'm an outsider by nature. I don't want the, the staff beat by, you know, guy uh, grind. I want to be able to say and think and do what I want to do. And that, in some ways, you know, it certainly, access doesn't make that necessarily better. Um, so right. anyway, I just want to get it off. And, and no, no, and, and I would echo that say, too. You know, he's saying this, he's supporting Ryan because yeah, he has right. to, because it's access. He needs his access. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> you know? Seriously, go right. fuck yourself. And and I would I would say well for me we have a different job than John Krasinski or Chase Frederick exactly, or Chris Hein have exactly and and I would say in audio version that's why I have they a similar get to ask the job to you before we do <laughs> exactly exactly so that that's what I wanted to get to is is it's not like you or I have that much access in, in the first place from on the press conferences right. sort of thing now you know there's yeah, text messages and phone calls and all that sort right. of stuff but but by definition because. I don't know, because you're a freelance writer or because I don't work for a platform. We don't <laughs> we are we don't have much access in the first place. So I'm grateful to be able to go to the games. That I'm grateful is to have the a only credential. Access I really mm -hmm. need. I and I'm 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 grateful for that. Uh there's a time in my life where I didn't have that and I was trying to write about the team and that has made <clears throat> made a massive change. I mean it's uh it's frustrating, I guess, for me because I think that uh, your content and my content are both um, strengthened by when we can ask a question. Right. When, oh, when you yeah, can ask sure. a question for your column, or or when I can too. But there's priorities down the line, which are the beat reporters and national people over us. And they'll say what they say. Is you know, I mean, at least we don't have to deal with the radio and TV guys now. You know. I mean, <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's the whole thing here. Not to, well, they're going to come back because whatever happens when somebody gets fired, they're going to come back in here oh, for yeah, the next couple oh, of weeks. I know, it's going to be going to be a cluster. I mean, it really, I won't get I won't get a single question for the next couple of weeks, okay, though, but you know? no, that's like, because they will fade off again <laughs> as 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 they always do. And it's the furrowed um, brows with makeup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, Britt. Before we start saying anything stupid, it's late. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Um, well, well, let's, uh, what is it, Sunday? Yeah, we'll do let's it still find a way later to, in the week. Yeah, expand on our thoughts a little bit. And yeah, this is better be a writing something. Uh, podcast, I think. No, that's, that's how it get. always is. That's, that's what, what you get. That, 100%, and that's why people are like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, it takes me a long time to like parse out my thoughts. If I don't have, if I don't have 57 bullet points in front of me, I'm going to say um and ah a, a hell of a lot. And we're, this is an instant reaction. Um, and this is my instant reaction. And I think we, we got off the things that we wanted to say about it. Um, and, and I would just, you know, I think the biggest thing and the biggest emotion I have personally is I feel bad for Ryan. I understand the move from the Timberwolves perspective and I'm fascinated to see what happens next because um, this is going to be defining for the Rosas regime, for the Cat era, and for the Timberwolves franchise in general because I think if they mess this up, they're going to move. Oh, I don't know about that. I think Glenn will, will keep his cold. That's just my, that's just my 
abiding opinion on the situation. Listen, Glenn, Glenn has a Second Amendment-like commitment to keeping the the wolves. I think they, you'll pry that team from his cold, clammy hands. But um, they get clammy eventually. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And that's fine. That's how life okay, works. Okay, fair enough. And uh, or they get cold. All I will say is, um, it will be it'll be amazing how much it reverts back to you know. Uh, 300 or 400 basketball and you know we're back to we'll be reading tea leaves but again the greater picture is no you know incredible surge uh maybe they'll get a slight bump but uh people i'm, I'm actually more interested in whether or not rosa stays pat or is able to do something significant at the trading deadline now that uh he doesn't have one of those shields in front of him so that's that's another thing i'll be looking forward to um, can can he improve this team uh, in ways? Because let's face it, nobody thought that you know Jaden McDaniel's was part of an eight-man rotation at the beginning of no, the season. No, for sure. And so you know that kind of thing, or and and he probably didn't either, Britt. Right, like the exactly, the chess pieces have that, moved around for him that's too. My point, you know. So yeah. what do you do? You know, can you can you get rid of people you are no longer desirous of? And again, for you know, sure. And, and, and so, and uh, you know they're going to test it. They'll be testing be fascinating, the watch. It's fascinating to see what everything, what how it all works out. All right. Well, good enough. All right, man. <laughs> Thank you for doing it. That's Britt Robson at Britt Robson on Twitter. I'm sure I'll probably come back and record something tomorrow. It's an off day. The Wolves are in Milwaukee on Tuesday. This will be an interesting week. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.